Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone. It's another hot day in the city, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles International, right here on Tojanet and Pararex Radio. I am Ron Kolick, your host, and with me all the way across that cold Atlantic Ocean is the ghost in and ghost hunting, Mr. Steve Parsons. Good afternoon. Afternoon? I thought it's evening there. Uh, well, it is, but I was just thinking, yeah, just being nice. Yeah, well, don't. It doesn't, doesn't pursue you. Okay. Then we'll be nice. So, anyway, it's got an exciting week coming up. The uh, the weddings, royal weddings coming on. You going to be watching it? Uh, well, what? No. What? What? <laughs> no. No. Oh, no, 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 no. the household, the telly will be on, and we'll be all tuned in. Uh, do you think a dad will turn up? I don't know. Don't know. I don't care. <laughs> well, fine. Fine. Well, why would I? You know, there was... It, nothing yeah, royal, was... royal weddings, you know, it's almost a weekly occurrence over here. Yeah, we're, this is a big one, though. It's a, it's a cross... Uh, yeah, it's only a big one for you Americans. Marriage, you know, every, every, there's only a couple of events that bring Brits together in, in a royal wedding as well. And uh, it's only big for Americans because no, that's not true. That you, since you go Simpson, you, that's the only first royal you've had. Just tune in. Just look at the figures for a royal wedding. <laughs> just go look at that. So there you go. Oh, I know. So you'll be wanting a royal wedding jigsaw then, will you? No, hell no. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, as some people may or may not know, Steve is also the host of The West Files. He is. And uh, can you tell us a little bit more, more about it, Steve? Because we've well, had a couple of so one, one in the Yeah, world. I mean, you, people can tune in if they go to Pure West. Well, anyway, I'll put the link up later. But nonetheless, uh, The West Files is on a Monday night. And it, it, it tends to focus primarily on West Wales and... Um, a little bit further afield in the UK, although I've got plans to expand it. And it looks at more than just ghosts. It looks at all of the weird, strange and bizarre stuff that happens. You know, sea monsters and fairies and fish falls and anything that's just strange. Politicians. Politicians. Anything. There are no limits. Um, recently, we've had... Um, guides on who do ghost walks around some of our castles last night we had uh, some ghost investigators um but they do it differently they're not your conventional ghost investigators these guys although they have (laughs) although they have technology um they don't really use it they tend to prefer to because these these guys are all psychic they're all part of a psychic development group and they intrinsically believe um that there are all spirits all of the time. So they're there more to... In fact, I don't really know if I'm honest. Um, Mm -hmm. They're there more to ratify 
people's experiences and acknowledge people's experiences rather than investigate that they're not there to find evidence of because they start from the basis that there is already spirit there or there is already some sort of energy there and then um, the equipment they have but they don't tend to use in any evidential way it's more of a uh, icing on the cake. Um, yeah, I, 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 that's what I don't understand. Why bring equipment if you're not going to use it? I, well, you, you know, I mean, we raised this issue last night because I actually said to the tech guy, um, well, they have a tech guy. They, they do. Um, oh. And I, I said to him, well, the equipment um, they don't use. Well, they, they use it. And the odd thing was, I said to him, well, effectively, what you're telling me is you're redundant and not really necessary exactly. because. All of these, uh, you know, you're not verifying anything that they're not already acknowledging. Mm -hmm. And um, he said, well, yeah, but we get some interesting stuff. So I asked him about, because he said they had a spirit box. So I asked him, well, what spirit box is it? And he said, it's a PSB PSB 11, you know, absolute state of the art, the PSB 11. Mm -hmm. Um, And I said, well, so... Should we talk a little bit about EVP? What is it? Why you use it? You know, what sort of, Well, we don't really do EVP. Okay. I said, but you've got an SB11. And he said, well, we just put it out and invite Spirit to talk to it, and sometimes they do. That's cool. <laughs> so it left me a little confused last night. Um, nonetheless, you know, it was a unique and different approach, a very human approach in terms of, uh, and, and quite, you know, we did have some common ground because, as you know, uh, all paranormal investigations really start with a human experience. But what this team have de- done is take it beyond uh, that to focusing o- almost entirely on the human experience, but at a spiritual level. Um, so that I, I wouldn't really class them as investigators. They, they're more paranormal... Uh, yeah, as helpers. Yeah, they're there to bridge the gap between the living and the dead, and to the investigation is very much, you know, tertiary to what they're doing. Mm-hmm. A very, very different approach I found. Mm-hmm. Interesting, nonetheless. Yeah, it's all interesting. You know, that's yeah. that's a good no, no. thing. You know, people. Uh, you know, because we look at different things in a different way, they they like well, to make fun of church, people. It? I, it's a very broad church, right? Exactly. And I say they were they were. It was interesting to talk to him, and very interesting to hear that different perspective. Um, you can almost completely. Uh, it's, it seemed like at the start completely alien to my um, objective scientific approach, mm-hmm. uh, where I go in on the basis of, well, somebody's had an experience, what was the experience, why did they have it, and then try to determine, if possible, uh, can we find some sort of explanation for it? And that's not to say debunk, that's just can we find an explanation, mm-hmm. regardless of you know uh, what that explanation might be. These guys go in very much from the... Uh, well, it doesn't really. The human experience is, is just as important to they, to them, but they don't look for. They're not seeming to look for proof. They already have that established um, within their own psyche. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And what they're seeking to do is uh, use energy to bridge the gap between the two worlds and to try to, you know, if there's conflict, if there's uh, angst within the spirit realm or within the, the living who are worried about the spirit realm, then try to bridge that gap and solve the problems. Any equipment that they use, and they've got thermal images, they've got EVPs, uh, EVP devices, but they they just seem to be there because because they can. And because they have a weekly television show, and I, I guess that helps the viewers to engage perhaps more or see for themselves. Wait, 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 wait. Did you say evidence. viewers? Well, yeah, they have a pay-per-view. There's a, a, a small independent television channel uh, here in West Wales called Showboat TV, and they have a, a weekly one-hour-long investigation program, uh, which you can pay a couple of dollars to watch each episode or to watch you know, some of the episodes or a series. I'm, I wasn't really uh, sure. I was just out. And I think, I think realistically the equipment is really there uh, for the, the viewers. Yeah, it's really there for the viewers because you've got a lot of people who are psychically aware saying I'm sensing this and I'm getting that. And right. I, I, But that, of course, is entirely subjective and what you need in a media uh, sense is some form of tangible hard thing that you can look at some sort of okay. flashing light or bleep or noise or and I think realistically I think that's why the equipment's there. Right, that's why I always you know when I started working with Maureen that's the same thing I, I wanted to see something other than her just telling me stuff yeah. and that's why she did dowsing and uh, at least I could <laughs> visually see something uh, I remember I went on a an investigation as a as a, a guest to it with another team and they had a medium and the medium would go up to this uh, china cabinet and talk to the china cabinet and then go over to the owner and talk to her and then back to the china cabinet back and forth and i i thought oh my god this is the craziest thing i've ever seen uh, so i wanted to see something other than just have people talking to furniture yeah, I, I it may I mean it makes perfect sense because when you're doing a media presentation, oh, absolutely. It, it is a very different animal to an investigation because mm-hmm. what you're really doing is it's a show and tell. It's a, a representation of I, I know that some people do market it as the real McCoy and you know most of them in particular. But in, in reality it's not. In reality it's a show and tell. What you're doing is entertaining, what you're doing is showing people the techniques and the methods that are applied by some groups. Um, that's right. When I and I mentioned on last week's show is when David Wells came over here and we went out there, uh, the uh the the people that covered the the, the event uh actually wanted me to have something in my hand so somebody handed me a k2 reader so which by the way i i always hated uh and there it was the k2 meter in hand even though it was really nothing that i did but you're right it was the show and tell yeah i mean we we have equipment also but it's i think one of the mistakes that paranormal groups tend to make or some paranormal groups tend to make is that they tend to focus on the information that the equipment's providing too much or too soon in the investigation. So they will go in and they will take their entire arsenal 
of equipment. They will, you know, unload all of their flight cases and then measure and monitor everything they can. And there's an argument to suggest, you know, that well, you're there once or twice, and it, you know, it might be a one-shot deal. So grab, grab everything you can. Uh, however, one of the problems that that method in, uh, risks is that you get too much information, and that you you will miss subtleties. Uh, or, or you end up looking in the wrong direction because you spend, you know, 22 hours trawling through video footage. And in reality, the witness had only ever reported hearing a sound. Um, or you trawl through, you know, thousands of hours of EVP when the witness had never reported any sound event whatsoever. She, they had simply seen an apparition. Mm. So you end up creating evidence for phenomena that have never been reported by the original witness. And the whole basis of you being there is to test the claim of the original witness. So, you know, if they heard oh, something, sure. sure, measure, you know, record something. What you do, but other people yeah. do it reversely. They, they assume that there well, is spirit, just said. spirit there, so they use all that stuff to verify that there is a spirit or to try to communicate. It's how you run your investigation, basically. Well, yeah, but I think there's an error in that approach. I mean, well, there is an error in that approach because that's no, like... That's like well, it is because that's like uh, seeing a, de- uh, a dead body on the floor with blood running from its head and assuming it's been, immediately assuming it's been murdered and then running off to find the murderer, and then spending the next you know sort of looking for when in actual fact the guy fell over or the guy you know tripped over and banged his head or shot himself. You you have to start from the basis of the evidence. And if you make an assumption that there is spirit present, you are then not going to look properly for the mundane. Likewise, if you're a skeptical investigator, you will automatically assume that there's no such thing as spirit and you will spend a long, long time, you know, increasingly frantically trying to prove that there's no such thing as spirit and ignoring the fact that there actually might be no explanation. So any approach that where the you you are prejudging the um, outcome at the start of the investigation is bound to skew things. Mm-hmm. So I think you have to start from the basis of what actually happened. You know what 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 have you what did the witness tell you that they experienced, and then build your case out from there. Uh, much much like a detective does, and look at every possibility and then systematically eliminate them and see what you've got left. That's pretty is, much the theme of my paranormal CSI yeah, course. Exactly, and there is there is absolutely you know no point at the start getting an EVP recorder out when the witness has, has never heard anything or has never reported hearing anything. Um, you might want to do that later, uh, but at the start, there is absolutely nothing to be gained from it because if the witness well, has only ever, if the witness has only ever seen something, so if if you have a medium with you and the medium says, "Oh, I sense a spirit here," then what is wrong taking an EVP recording? Ah, because well, the, the evidence has already been, you know, the not the yeah. evidence, but the the connection has already been made. So therefore, you're just carrying up on the, well, the initial contact. Well, I would argue that you, the problem with um, having a medium there too soon, not at all. I mean, I, we parascience use mediums, and I, I'm an advocate of mediums on investigations. Uh, but nonetheless, if you, if you apply a me, the, the services of a medium too soon, it is rather like applying a camera to 
a place where sound has been recorded it's the wrong approach in my in my view because you are then entirely reliant on what is a subjective unfortunately there are some teams that are made up mediums like your your team you have in the thing so therefore they're already employed so they're just following up on what's been connected well, as I said at the start of the start of this this show, um, it was a very very different approach um, from what. And it doesn't matter uh, from my point of view that you know I don't necessarily agree with that method. Sure. It it works for them and it works for their clients, and you know so be it. That's it is what it is. And it works for the TV show. And it works for the TV show. What I'm saying is, um, you have a person who says that they had an experience. That's all well and good, and that's that's your that's your baseline to start your investigation from. You then your next level it should not be another person saying what they think they experience because you're layering two subjective accounts one on top of the other because the witness the witness's account is is a subjective impression of an experience and then you bring in someone else who gives you their subjective impression of what they're sensing or feeling or picking up mm-hmm. but there's no objective verification of anything at that point you can easily incorporate mediums into investigations and they should be incorporated into, into some investigations uh, but i think you know like using the wrong piece of equipment using the wrong information at, at, the, at the wrong time in an investigation is just going to end up befuddling True, so true. So, yeah, we each find a way that works for ourselves. And importantly, most importantly, uh, because we're not in it for ourselves, or rather we shouldn't be, um, you have to find a method that works for the client. You you know, if you go in, if the client is deeply spiritual and believes, you know, or indeed, you know, is, is quite comforted by the fact that the apparition is a family member or a guardian spirit or... Or whatever, and you go in, you know, and say, "Oh, there's no such thing as that," and we're going to look with cameras, and we're going to do. They're not going to be very comfortable or satisfied with your approach. Likewise, if um, you know, if they're not really believing, and you turn up and start putting crystals and salt and lighting candles all over the place, you can end up scaring the bejesus out of people, and and you know, equally, equally putting them off. I remember uh, a case that we did, and, and I think it's in the first Ghost Chronicle book, and uh, we had a, a, a daycare center that was having a lot of problems with stuff. And anyways, um, we did our investigation, but uh, they asked us to do something else as well. And me being a Catholic boy, he said, well, I can always flush the place that's, you know, if you'd like. And uh, they said yes, but it was so funny because the the head of the uh, uh, place was Jewish, and uh, so we ended up doing it, and she ended up throwing up. So there you go. It's um, important that you do bear in mind what the client's needs are. Also, I mean, yeah. the, cho- <laughs> you never the choice of to that one, do you? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I do. I was going to come back with. Um, <laughs> The choice of words that you use can can be uh, oh, yeah. important because one of the things that investigators certainly here in the UK love to say, uh, they call the investigation a vigil. 
you know, we're going to come around and we're going to conduct a vigil. Now, I've seen people get very leery at that word because of the religious it, aspects. Because of it, it, it conjures up religious connotations or some sort of ceremony or rituals. That, <laughs> and in actual fact, what it means is we're going to sit and we're going to sit in a chair in your living room and watch and see what takes place. Yeah, um, something. And eat something. Yeah, and yeah. Wait and wait and wait. That's and wait. that's the one. Um, but your choice of word, we're going to conduct a vigil, can be very off-putting. So you've got to choose your words, and you've got to be very, very respectful of the client. Now, this team last night, I think, were probably one of the most respectful of... Uh, these are the sort of people that, whilst I might disagree with their methods, they I would feel perfectly comfortable having them in my house because you know they are a very respectful respectable and very nice bunch of people sure uh, i don't think that they will ever contribute towards you know the uh, psychical research as a whole but then i don't believe for one second that they actually want to exactly they found, what's they the age, what are the age of these people just curious and they're all uh, I would say 25 to 65, you know. Oh, so it's a wide range. Predominantly female. Um, yeah. In fact, I, think the, I think the tech guy was the only guy uh, in the mm. team. Um, they're made up primarily of... Uh, yeah, I think, and he's got the technology. There's, yeah. there isn't, yeah, there's no gender defilement. But they don't pay any attention to it. Probably not. But they're all, <laughs> they're all made up of a spiritual development circle. Um, mm -hmm. and you know they're quite content at what they do and the clients seem to be more than happy for them to be there um, you know they are the sort of people that that you would I mean I enjoyed the conversation I enjoyed the conversation before and after the show and you know a lovely bunch of people we just have a different approach towards doing what we, we do and our objectives are not the same you know this Yes, yes, he yes, does. Yeah, they, um, you know, there is this idea of para unity. We're all in it for the same thing. Well, there is a group of people who were definitely not in it for the same thing as me. But that doesn't mean to say that we can't get on with each other. You know, there's no reason why Catholics and Protestants, psychics and mediums and yeah, scientists can't get on with each other. You know, it's we're not all in it for the same thing as as para unity nonsense. So. It always claims. Um, so you're not you're not a, a big not, advocate of para unity. Uh, I don't think it exists. If I'm honest, I don't think it can exist. To be honest, with I you. don't think it can because you know it's human ego gets in the way, and you know it's a. There are some groups that we just had this discussion that will be totally uh, polarized because of it. Uh, it, it'll, you know, they'll say, oh, it, they're actually considering this as a legitimate group, blah, 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 and you'll be criticized for that. And uh, then you say, oh, look at that, you're making fun of them, therefore you're going to get criticized for that. And so there, there's no such thing. Have you ever noticed what happens when you cross one of these groups who advocate para-unity? What? <laughs> 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 they shout power of unity till you go uh, your methods are flawed and then you might as well have just beaten the crap out of their mother <laughs> or you know tried to assault the daughter or something because you know, you are a pariah yeah um, this Banned idea of the group banned from that yeah age. Banned hey I'll tell you what 
on that on that very subject, rant time. Uh, on that very subject, I, I went I went onto Facebook uh, over the week over the weekend to mm-hmm. update the Parascience Facebook page, mm-hmm. and I couldn't find it. Really? Uh, so I thought, oh, okay, I'll I'll. I'll click on our web page, uh, which has got a social media, you know, link, link yeah. on it. And that said that um, the link was dead. So I went, I went to Facebook and looked in every, it said Dr. that I, every, I looked everywhere for our Facebook page to find it had gone. Um, disappeared. Disappeared entirely because um, every time you clicked on it, it cited that, or every time I tried to uh, access the page, it said that there was, this was A, in breach of Facebook uh, code of conduct, and B, I know, and B, it was a, a link on the page contained a security breach. Oh! So I thought, well, perhaps we've been hacked. You know, there are other parascience events. Yeah, Maybe yeah. one of them had you know, reported us to Facebook and in a, in a bid to grab the name of the page or whatever. Um, but no, it turns out that for the last 11 years, uh, Parascience, as you know, is P-A-R-A uh, period capital S-C-I-N-C-E. Always has been. That's the way it's always been. Um, and that's the way it's been on Facebook. But they changed the uh, Zuckerberg changed the rules uh, a couple of weeks ago. And you're not allowed to put the period in the middle. And if we, if we, uh, so the whole page was removed, along with equal. Interestingly, the secret parascience team page, which is the group, the, the group page that we communicate via. And the reason that the whole page has got removed is because there were so many links all over them, uh, or references to para dot science or para period mm-hmm. science, um, and Facebook just without. Uh, informing either of the two admins, myself or Anne, just mm. deleted and erased it from history. Isn't that nice? Uh, with with no uh, warning, no, no no yeah, no comeback, no way of getting in touch and saying, "Can we have our page?" And all of the important files that were stored on it for oh, people, yeah. members to access, all of the photographs, just erased eleven years at a at, on a whim. Hmm. So Zuckerberg, you suck. Hmm. So, uh, did you protest? Uh, well, we cl- I clicked all the protest links and reported, you know, reported it, but apparently they don't respond. Um, really? Yeah. They ignore. They're kind of gentler Facebook now. Uh, no, they ignore you. Uh, they allow you to click a button saying uh, this is not, uh, you know, uh, or, but they do nothing with it. Absolutely nothing with it. It just hmm. goes off into cyberspace into a black hole so uh, you know thanks to zuckerberg and his stupidity we have managed you know the whole of parascience effectively on social media it seems to have disappeared unless we take the period out um in which case we can we can we'd have to rebuild the page from scratch but do you know what did you ask about the content or anything if you could reclaim it uh there's no way of asking them um all you can do is ask them You'd have to do it individual post by post going back 11 years. And oh, God bless say, Yeah. So, effectively, we're not going to go on Facebook anymore. So, if anybody wants Parascience's Facebook page... Go to it. the website. Yeah, it'll be on the website from now on. Anyways, Zuckerberg, there's a tune, so we have to take a break. Suck. Yeah, they do. So, anyways, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles International with uh, a very 
upset Steve Parsons and Ron Cohen right here on Tojanet and Parax Radio. We'll be right back with um, what's that? Radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. to part two of Ghost Chronicles International. And why can't American manufacturers use imperial sizes when it comes to nuts and bolts? Bloody Americans. Anyway, uh, your host tonight, uh, Ron, New England's very own Van Helsing, Kolek, and me, the gold bull standard in Ghost Hunting, and a rant about Facebook. A big rant. Which sucks you don't you have a book coming out shortly don't you yeah yeah anyways um Ooh, we okay. have tell what? us about your book tell no. us about your book no. yeah no. i insist no too bad anyways <laughs> i have other stuff to talk about more important things and we have a teller of curious tales let's not forget that we how could we forget the teller of curious tales mm-hmm. so do we want to play that now or do we'd like a, a little wait a little bit it's up to you oh well let's keep ranting I want to hear uh, more about your book. No, I don't want to talk about the book. Why? I just don't. But why? I don't want to talk about more Ghost Chronicles. But it's important. No. I have other things to talk about. <laughs> that it's more important. Like EVPs. Go on, then. Yes. So, some of you may or may not know, we ran a worldwide EVP experiment on 5-5 at 5-55. Well... That was didn't really work, a did warm-up. What? It was a what? test, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was a warm-up. Yeah. So anyways, uh, we did have a couple little problems, but that nothing. We did have some results on that, which was interesting. But uh, 
we're carrying on, and we will be doing this regularly, uh, monthly, actually. So uh, the next one that will take place will be on, guess what? 7-7? Seven, seven? No, it's June, you clunk ahead. 6-6, six, six, but there will be one on 7-7. Seven, 6-6 seven. Six, six at 6 o'clock. So there you go. Nice and simple. Oh, you know what we're going to get through then, don't you? What? It's 6-6 at 66. No, that's swell. <laughs> Somebody will say something. You know it and I know it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, 6-6 six, six, six at 6 o'clock. <laughs> we, will we, can't, ask... we can't do it at 6-66, can we? Let's be honest. No, I'm trying to make it real simple now. Just really, really, really simple. So yeah, the uh, Americans. Well, no, for the stupid British, they can't convert time, evidently. I know. <laughs> I know. We had we had a number of people who, who messaged me saying, uh, why isn't it started? I said, because well, it's uh, five hours behind. It's not four hours behind. <laughs> and so they all came back an hour later, of course. It wasn't there again, so I got double earache that night. Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. The experiment did take place. Oh but... yeah, but they couldn't they couldn't see the Facebook live. Oh, uh, that's a shame. Oh well. Because their Facebook because that's stupid Facebook again. Isn't that visual again? Isn't that like we have to do visual again? Right? The experiment took place. It still took yeah. place. I still read the answers. But because yeah, they but, couldn't you know, see, see me reading the answers. I mean the questions, excuse me. They couldn't see me reading the questions. They That's Zuckerberg again, isn't it? Zuckerberg screwed up, up again. Oh, we're back on Zuckerberg again. Anyway. Yeah. So, anyways, I, 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 uh, that's going to happen on 6666. All you have to do is turn on your recorder at 6 o'clock on June 6th and let it run for six minutes. That's really simple. Which, if you're in the UK, is 11 p.m. Don't screw it up on me. <laughs> I'm just saying, because we've got listeners in both both sides of the... You know, I actually put a time converter on on my page so that people would actually figure it out. Yeah, you know what you missed? Your basic error there was making people figure it out. (laughs) They like to be hand-fed, huh? Well, it was a fundamental mistake there, wasn't it? You know, you're expecting them to figure something. I I assumed that people could figure things. Yeah, okay, (laughs) anyways... But anyways, EVP is an interesting concept, and uh, we use it a lot. And I, I, I came across a BBC article, which was intriguing. I found it uh, because of uh, this this interesting part. And uh, it's about this uh, Latvian doctor who turns up at Gerard's Cross, wherever the hell that is. Where's Gerard's Cross? Just outside London. Ah, with 72,000 recordings, including... This- was his name, was his Christian name Constantine? Constantine Rodive, actually. That's and it, ca- yeah. Yes, and it's he called... 73,000 recordings and a diode. And he called this technique <laughs> electronic voice project- projection. He did, and we changed it because... It wasn't a real time, but you actually... properly. Uh, ...did recording. So anyways, he went to Gerard's uh, crush who was the uh, the home of publisher Colin Smythe. That's a good British name for you, huh? Uh, Smith, actually, even though it's got a Y in it. What? Yeah. Damn Brits. Colin Smith. <laughs> when in Britain, do as Britons do. All right. He turned up the home of uh, Colin Smith with his uh, 
a bucky well, one of the pubs. Well, actually, that's not strictly just, true. Just zip it until it's I finish. Wrong. No, it's wrong according to you. Oh, but sorry, I'm, sorry no, I'm, re I'm, I'm reading from the book itself. I don't care, I'm listening to... I'm Go reading on, from, Go on, I'm, then. I'm getting from a BBC report, on, which I, I trust much more than you, I sorry. I trust the BBC. BBC never lies. <laughs> what a bet. <laughs> so, anyways, Mr. Uh, Colin Smith uh, was, uh, you know, not really keen about it because, uh, you know, he didn't know it was real or not. So he wanted him to do uh, some experiments so that it would prove it wasn't a, a hoax. And because he had to persuade the, the publishing company chairman, Sir Robert Meyer, unless that's changed and whatever. So they held some a series of electronic seances in Gerard's class, uh, one which uh, Sir Robert attended. As luck have it, the late pianist Arthur Chanabel, S-C-H-N-A-B-E-L, was online and spoke to the satisfaction of Lady Meyer, who happened to be there. Now, this is weird because it's, it's Sir Robert Meyer, M-E-Y-E-R, in, in the previous paragraph, and it's Lady Meyer, M-A-Y-E-R, in the next one. That's because Meyer is often pronounced Mare here in the UK. Uh, so anyways, and the rest is history, with the exception that they felt that uh, his EV called electronic voice projection uh, would be much better understood if it was changed to letter. Electronic voice phenomena, and this is in his book called Breakthrough. And uh, allow me to read an extract from that very book, which I'm holding in my hand: Breakthrough by Constantine Constantin Rodiva. And this is the British edition, uh, mm -hmm. published by by uh, Colin Smythe Smith. Ah, ah, you said it. <laughs> yeah, well, you can you do said both. It. Published in 1971 um, by Colin Smith Smythe Limited, Gerard's Cost. On the 13th of October 1969, at the Frankfurt Book Fair, Ooh. Colin Smith Smythe was approached by an elderly gentleman who presented him with a copy of a German book and said, here is a book you might like to publish. You would better take a look at it. In fact, Smith must have brought back a dozen books in German and sometime in November of 1969 got round to looking at this particular book entitled literally translated from german the inaudible becomes audible browsing through the pages without actually reading the complete story uh this is smith writing i formed the opinion that raudiva the author had joined the host who are who were on set telling us that life after death is a reality that can be scientifically proven um, blah 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 blah. So actually, the BBC is wrong because Smith, in, in the preface for the book itself, explains that they met at uh, the Frankfurt Book Fair. Yeah, because he didn't want to tell him where his home was. Uh, well, he met him in Germany. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. And then invited him to Gerald's Cross. Whatever. There we are. So, where do I know? But I yeah. The other thing that uh, early copies is that book of still available. Breakthrough, by the way. You can still find it on eBay, and I think it's been reprinted a couple of times. But interestingly, if you can get hold of a 1971 uh, hardback, mm -hmm. uh, some of the very early copies actually contained a flexible 7-inch vinyl disc. Really? Uh, inside the dust jacket, which contained a lot of recordings. Now, the recordings are available now on, on YouTube, and they're available on, um, on CD, uh, entitled Ghost Orchid. Uh, however, ghost orchid, ghost orchid, 
pocket. Okay. However, um, as I say, the, there's a flexible seven-inch, you know, these flexi discs uh, that was incorporated inside the. Um, I love those. Inside the uh, spine cover of Breakthrough, the first. You could get those in the back of a cereal package here in the That's US. Right. Yeah. yeah, well, the first 500 copies of Breakthrough actually carried a disc of uh, the recordings, some of the recordings that they'd made. That's pretty cool. Um, and, I mean, you know... You, you have, have a to... copy of that original I, book? I do, with the disc. Why, why does that not surprise me? Um, <laughs> be surprised. <laughs> but, I mean, if you want to listen to the recordings, which are the most dull thing imaginable... Oh, wow. Um, I mean, you know... I thought the show it, was... It, no, that makes our show seem exciting. Oh, good. Uh, in fact, I'll tell you what we'll do next week. Should we play an extract from it next week? A two, two or three oh, minutes? Oh, could we really? We could easily do that next week. Well, I think we're going to add that to our things to do next week. Okay, so we'll play an extract from uh, Breakthrough, uh, the flexi disc that was um, included with the book next week. And we'll just let people see how... Well, it really is. We'll just have to uh, figure out the logistics for that. Easy peasy. I've got a record player. Okay. So you're going to play it through your speakers? No, I shall record it and upload it. Mm, interesting. Okay. 20th century, 21st century technology. Unlike the teller of curious tales from the 1950s. Really? Which we have to do... On old grab on old wax cylinder recorders, and so we actually have one today, don't we? We do. Uh, so perhaps we no should expense play it. whatsoever. So let's head over to the teller of curious tales. Tonight, I, the teller of curious tales. Open my book once again and bring you strange and unusual stories. True stories, stranger than any fiction ever written. Listen to the teller of curious tales. In 1672, Ben Johnson was New York's official executioner, by appointment of the king. Ben had one assistant, who was permitted by law to help with the torturing, prepare the gallows, and perform other minor duties. But when the law took a life, no one in the royal colony of New York could do that but Ben Johnson. Since Ben was paid by the job, and New York was a law-abiding colony, his income was, at times, very meagre. So Ben took up burglary as a sideline. He was quite successful at it, too, for a while, but one night, as he was dropping from the second-story window of a house he had just robbed, Ben fell right into the night watchman's arms. The watchman promptly took Ben to jail. Now, burglary at that time was a capital offence, and while not as serious as a crime as murder, the punishment was the same, namely hanging. Ben was brought to trial, and the court had very little difficulty finding him guilty, so the judge sentenced him to hang himself. But Ben was no fool. 
he refused to do it, knowing there was no one else in the whole colony legally qualified to do the job. This refusal put the judge in a spot. In order to have Ben hanged, he would have to send to London for a new hangman, and that would take months. Until the new man arrived, Ben would be sitting in jail, eating his head off at the taxpayer's expense, an extravagance the citizens of colonial New York strongly opposed. Then the judge got an idea. The nucleus of this idea was Ben's assistant. Although it meant a comparatively light sentence, it would at least rid New York of a burglar, and that was the main object. Ben was sentenced to 39 lashes at the whipping post. His right ear was cut off, and he was exiled from the colony. Since this was Ben Johnson's only bid for historical mention, no one knows what came of him afterward. The gong strikes. My time is up. The teller of curious tales has closed his book. On my next visit, I'll bring you other stories, curious tales, strange beliefs. Until then, sleep tight. <laughs> <laughs>
Right, so we don't want to go too much into Tesla. No, no, no. But I'm just saying Tesla is... I mean, I, there's a huge mythology about Tesla. You know, yeah, a, so, people have said he's an alien and all manner of nonsense. Oh, I know he is, but that's what he said. He was just a, just a bloody genius. Yeah, he was part of that reptile race that's ruling... That you're, you're, yeah, that Meghan Markham's going to marry into. And they, yeah, they, they get the people fat and, and they, yeah. they send, yeah. send them off to be fed. Yeah, I mean, for the... Yeah. Wasn't that, v, wasn't that V, the television show? Yeah, that was, uh, actually, it goes all the way back to the Twilight Zone. And uh, the, <coughs> to serve mankind was actually, it's a cookbook! <laughs> as they, uh, yeah, as we'll, they uh, ordered the salsa. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, uh, it's a we'll, cookbook! <laughs> we'll do a Tesla show, an upcoming Tesla show. Yeah, we don't. I do because uh, it's funny enough, because I was already looking at that for... Uh, Next generation, but uh, maybe I'll just switch it over here to the international show. Um, so there you go, Tesla in our future. There we go. Hmm. All right. So, anyways, uh, let's see what we're doing. All right, we're doing with that. We we touched on EVP. We touched on uh, uh, road dive. Uh, we're doing something exciting in the fall, aren't we? Uh, we are we doing some stuff in the fall? Oh, um, in New England? We are. Oh, well, New England might not be here because we're sitting on a giant lava flow and we just might... I Yeah, I read something about that. Yeah, so we'll probably be gone. Super by volcano. Then. Yeah, super volcano will probably be gone by then. But I'll, uh, I'll tell you what was cool. Have you seen the lava flows in Hawaii? Oh, isn't that brutal? <laughs> I mean, it, it's absolutely brutal, but at the same time, it's weirdly... Um, fascinating fascinating and beautiful watching this lava slowly crawling its way um, across the island and uh, the thing that I was amazed about it so is, much that nature can you know fascinate us yeah it, 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 the thing that I was amazed with Steve is because I've seen all these movies all the time where people fall in lava and they all get burnt up and everything is this stuff cools wicked quick yeah, I was watching some guys and they, they got they out with their clothes and they were just walking around the yard and the lava was like walking, you know, sort of going past them and and there were. Li- uh oh. All right, so we've lost something here. I don't know if I've lost Steve or I am lost. So I'll continue to talk in case I'm on and Steve hopefully will talk. Oh, we lost Steve. Anyways. Yes, uh, hopefully we can get Steve back. But anyways, uh, uh, we were talking about a little bit about the lava, which I was fascinated by because they they actually showed the gentleman walking on the lava. Ah, oh, you back, Steve? Yeah. Did it go anywhere? Yeah, you totally did. Oh, sorry about that. Yep, totally went blank for the last uh, two minutes, and I've been, like, ranting about nothing. Weird, weirdly, I could hear you. Really? Yeah. Ooh, you know, this could, be, this could be paranormal. Well, I was t- t- talking about the video that I'd watched where the guys, where the, these dried leaves had fallen onto the crust of the lava, mm-hmm. and yet only inches beneath, um, it was still glowing red and orange, but two or three inches above. You know, the, the insulating effect of the rock, as it cooled, meant that these dried leaves just didn't burst into flames. And there were, as you say, there were guys walking across it in sneakers. I know, it's, it's just amazing, doesn't it? It just blew my mind. I mean, uh, I mean, it's a sad situation for, you know, the people that are involved. They've always lost a ton of houses and, and stuff. And Yeah, but at the same time, as, as my wife said, you know, 
you, you can you only feel sorry sorry for them to a degree because they did build their house on top of a volcano, and there is a certain risk involved in doing that. Didn't they ever learn from Atlantis? Huh? You know, it's like hey, you know, it's a volcano. Do you really want to build your house there? Yeah, <laughs> and then they and then they go. Yeah, and then they go all surprised that the thing, you know, erupted. But it was just watching, because it, it wasn't, you know, you, you see these movies where the lava is like this sort of red, seething right. liquid. But this stuff just crawls. It's unstoppable. It arrived at this guy's um, front gate. Mm-hmm. And over the next 20 minutes, he was he was uh, live with his GoPro, and over 20 minutes, it just... And already cr- poisonous gas, by the way. Well, it just crept through the gate and just kept... Nothing yeah. was going to stop it. The unfortunate part of it is also we miss a lot of poisonous gas as well. Well, it didn't... I mean, you would... I, I imagined it would, you know, lots of sulfur gases, but there were it people... Does. Yeah, I mean, but there were people very, very close to the lava field and, you know, right up to within a foot or so of it. And there was a lot of steam and a lot of sort of outgassing, but they didn't seem to be affected by it. So, you know, perhaps it well, depends the on... the good thing the is the temperature rises, is that you have a temperature, uh, it, it rises so that, that yeah. the gas, well, I, the I found, gases would go up. I found it, it absolutely fascinating to watch. Mm. And there were cracks appearing in the road, and then they go back the next day, and there was all this yellow sulfur crystal deposits all around, just cracks in the roadway. And you see the lava that, that actually blew up the car? Which, yeah. That was fascinating. Uh, Watching watch all lava. Yeah, mm. it, was, it was how slow it, it travelled. It went through. There was a, a really unfortunate guy. He was videoing his own house. Uh, but as the lava just crept inexorably, and there were still trees standing up in the middle of the lava. Um, you know, the top half of the tree was still perfectly green, and but the well, lava for now. Just, <laughs> for now, yeah. But I was, you know, you imagine in uh, several thousand years, um, geologists will go back and they'll find these things, cars and entombed in rock. Mm-hmm. Oh, because, the, the, I mean, yeah, like Pompeii. I mean, you know, the, uh, the that's the thing, though, is it's the ash is probably even worse because it rains down on you and you do get overcome by the the mm-hmm. the gases and then you just get totally entombed. It's it's it's. You know, I mean, we we had you guys up up by you had a big uh, volcano and uh, go up and what was it, Iceland, I believe. Oh uh, yeah, that was a few years ago. It threw yeah. an ash cloud right across Europe. And right, and there was actually no fly zones. You couldn't fly through them uh, for for the best part of a week. The no aircraft was allowed to fly in European skies, and it it led to the other thing is because of the amount of ash in the atmosphere. And I took a load of photographs. Um, fortunately, we had clear skies, and we had Did the you put most, them on your Facebook page. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we had the most bizarre sunsets uh, that you could imagine, and interestingly. Um, the seeing the the skies without aircraft contrails, yeah, um, was something that we're just not used to seeing anymore. Oh, I that was the two minute warning, it but was I just two minute warning. I I just got a message from Mark Zuckerberg. Oh yeah, yeah, and, and it's regarding to parascience. Yeah, telling me, su- tell me sucks. There was there was a I, I guess somebody published a book called Para Ghostology, I believe it was. And yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It and was... they actually took down the site because there was an upskirt picture taken from the book uh, that, on the site. That, that'll be why. Haven't you included one in uh, Morgos Chronicles? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> you see, so that's, we... how you se- that's how you sell books. Ghostology, you got to check it out. See the upskirt. <laughs> Oh, my eyes, sir. That's terrible. You are. You, you literally, yeah. What goes on in your mind? You were the only one that said anything that ever spotted that photograph. I know. Of course, where everybody I pointed out to them. Oh, my God. What's he doing? Oh, anyways, we have to go. So, view into your mind. Steve will be uh, visiting us, maybe. Uh, <laughs> if, uh, if, if Facebook let me. If Facebook lets him. Uh, <laughs> Uh, this this fall, uh, September, uh, starting in September, and uh, you'll be here for Spirit Quest. And uh, yeah. you can actually still get tickets for Spirit Quest, and you can get them at a discount now till now till June 1st. Uh, go to the website, the letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com. Is that how you say N and E in, in the UK, or do they say it differently? The letter N and the letter E. Oh, very good. And he goes, say anyghostproject.com for us, just so I can make sure I'm saying it properly. If you want a tickets for Spirit Quest, go to anyghostprojects.com. The letter N, the letter E, ghostprojects.com. All one word, all lowercase. Right. Zuckerberg, you suck. <laughs> Anyways, this is the tunes. we got to go. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week. I don't know why, but tune in. Because we'll be playing a record from Breakthrough. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Okay. Goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.